Ciao, Bella. I am Oceana Fortuna, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit to embrace the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. And may good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe Love and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe Love and Magic podcast, we're going to talk about the magic of intuition in a pinch. Quick methods to get the answers you need now. So, what is intuition? The definition I discovered is intuition is knowledge of something without conscious use of reasoning or having direct access to the information. So, it's like a gut feeling or a hunch about something, according to the dictionary. I think of intuition as a natural gift, something we all have. The main reason intuition is important is it gives us the ability to connect to our inner spiritual guidance system. Intuition is a signal that you are operating from the place of your true authentic self or higher self with your best and highest interest in mind. Intuition is for every day, not a special occasion. It can help you make any personal decision, tune into problems, find solutions, get the timing right on something, or choose the best course of action for you. Practice provides a really good experience base and establishes a sense of comfort and confidence with your skill level. Intuition is insightful. It's linked to your imagination and can feel like you're making it up sometimes until you get used to it. Intuition is not something that's rational or common sense or based on experience or data or some kind of emotional state. Intuition shows up five different ways and depending on who you are, what your skills are, and what your natural talents are, it will vary from person to person. So I'm going to share these five ways intuition shows up. The first is visual. So that's clairvoyance. With eyes closed, you can see in your mind's eye pictures or symbols or little movies, and you're having a visual experience. That's how you get your intuitive hits. Audio, so that would be clairaudient. That's when you hear. So when you quiet your mind enough and stop all that inner chatter, then you can hear words or sentences or paragraphs with the information and the answers you need. And you might be getting this from your higher self or your spirit guides or your ancestors or other spirits on the other side or from other dimensions or whatever. Knowing is the third way. And knowing, I think, is clear sentience. And that's getting like whole blocks of information all at once. It just comes in a a big block of information. And some people refer to that as downloads. 
And knowing is the kind of thing where you can't repeat anything word for word. You just get the sense of knowing what it's all about or knowing what the answer is or knowing the direction to go. The fourth method or way is kinesthetic, and that's how you feel. So even though I said intuition is not an emotional state, you may still have feelings or an emotional response related to whatever question and answer that you're looking for. So you might have a gut feeling or butterflies in your stomach or your ears are tingling or your heart feels heavy or you're getting like these amazing energy rushes or chills. For myself, I always know when I get those energy rushes and they really go up and down my back, it's really an amazing thing and it feels like waves of energy moving through my body and that's how I know for sure that I am now tapped into the highest energy available to me at that time and that's when I'm very tuned in. That's my sign, those energy rushes. The fifth way is through the environment. And sometimes we can pick up clues or signals that are just out there around us. And maybe a car beeps and that brings you back to the present moment and then you notice something on the street as you're driving by and that gives you the idea for the answer that you've been looking for all along. You can pick up clues in the environment and there are often a lot of signals available if you have your awareness open and active. So there you have it. Those are the five ways intuition shows up. And some people are good at just visual or just audio or just knowing. Some people have a little bit of everything. I definitely have mostly audio. I love visual, though. Visual is my favorite. I love seeing the great little movies and videos or whatever that Spirit wants to show me and seeing symbols. And I also get some of that knowing stuff going on or feeling. So I have a little bit of everything. I've certainly picked up clues from the environment, but I'm mostly audio and visual. And as you progress and practice and get established with doing your intuition and develop it, you'll figure out what your strength areas are as well. Now, there are definitely things that inhibit developing your intuition or getting a good answer. And I'm going to go over those things I've at six of them. So the first one is fear. So when you're in a lot of fear over something, getting a clear answer is next to impossible because clear just clouds over everything. It's so intense and all-consuming that it makes it pretty hard to shut your mind off in order to get that clear answer you need. The second one is emotions, which obviously fear is an emotion, but if you're very emotional about something, maybe you're very sad or upset, that can also really cloud your perception and your ability to connect with higher information. A third one would be input overload, and this can happen so easily. Sometimes there's just too much information or too much inner conflict and confusion. The best thing you can do is trust your first impression. You can also ask for greater clarity rather than repeat the question because the fourth one is doubt and when you start second-guessing yourself and asking and asking and asking the same question then you're not trusting and you're not going to get a clear answer or something you can really count on. When you doubt yourself 
it really impacts your intuition that faith in your ability is really needed. The fifth inhibitor is editing. I'm just as guilty as the next person, but when you get an answer that you don't like, you might just remember, coincidentally, the part that you did like and just forget the part that you didn't like. The real guidance for the hard part of whatever it is you're going through and we tend to ignore that and just stick with the part that we want to hear or that we like to do or whatever that is. So the best thing you can do is not edit. And this is particularly true if you're using your intuition to help a friend or anyone else. Never edit when you're trying to help somebody else. Although, of course, you want to be respectful and not be negative and tell them a lot of bad news. But if you get that you see them riding an elephant through the plains of Africa... You don't want to edit that out because that could be very meaningful to them, even though you think it's ridiculous and you made it up. So editing for any reason, whether it's because of your own preferences or because you're afraid to say something, definitely will get in the way of solid intuition. And the last one that inhibits intuition is outside influences. And this is a tough one. So if you're new to intuition and you're excited about it and you want to go talk to people about what's coming up for you and what you're learning, how you're trying it, and what kind of intuition you've gotten on particular subjects, you want to think carefully about who you ask. The reason is because criticism from people who are close to you about this new skill you're developing will sort of shut you down. And once you start feeling bad, it'll shake your confidence, belief in yourself, belief in your abilities, belief in the process of gaining intuition and insight into your life. And then you won't want to do it or you won't want to practice or you think it doesn't work or it's a waste of time. So as a result of that, what I recommend is that you share your experiences about intuition and your practice of it with people who are open to it and supportive of you and your ideas. That's the best possible thing you can do until you feel really confident and settled into your intuition and how it's developed. The last thing you need is external criticism or pressure or somebody telling you you're wasting your time. That is not going to make you want to practice and start to rely on your own inner guidance system. Okay, let's talk about what will help you develop intuition. The first thing, number one on my list, is trust. It takes time, but you want to honor your insights, your flashes, your bits of intuition, rather than discarding them as silly or coincidental or meaningless. Your first impressions are often right on the money and correct. And so working with trust will help you build confidence in yourself and your abilities. Number two is practice, because like any muscle, intuition grows stronger when it's exercised. So you definitely want to practice, and I encourage you to practice on issues that are very low risk. So you wouldn't want to ask which stock should you put all your money into or if you should buy this home or not as your beginning questions because those are big decisions and there's a lot of pressure. Instead, you want to start with small things like should you have fish for dinner or if a friend made you mad, should you discuss it with them and figure out how you should bring it up. So these are the kinds of things that would be much less risk and therefore easier to practice. So start small. Pay attention. That's number three. 
Really, clues are everywhere, but you have to be aware to notice them. So if you are looking for answers and hoping your intuition is working and you're wanting to practice it or whatever, then pay attention to what's going on around you because when you are aware, you will notice more details that could factor into the solutions and answers you're seeking. Number four is to stay open, of course, because let's face it, We all have preconceived notions. We all have the things that we want to see happen or how we want things to go. That can absolutely inhibit your intuition. But when you stay open and you stay more neutral and you just sort of are curious about what the answers might be, you're much more likely to get the true answer and the information you really need to make the best and highest choice for yourself. Going along with staying open is to relax and detach. Again, that's about neutrality and it's about taking the pressure off and knowing that if you're too emotional, it will absolutely interfere. So it's better to wait until you're a little calmer if you're hoping to get your intuition to deliver practical information for you. Now, the thing about developing your intuition is to look for puns in the answers that you get. Intuition is often symbolic, and your subconscious often uses puns to communicate, but so does spirit, and spirit really has quite a sense of humor. They also might not know the exact words to you, but they might show you symbols. So I'll tell you about a dream I had as a good example. I had this dream when I was working at this job that was really wearing me down, and the dream was that I walked into my apartment after coming home from a business trip And I found that my door was slightly ajar and unlocked, obviously, because it was open. And I walk in and the place is emptied. I mean, there's basically nothing there. Maybe there was some paper on the floor, an electrical cord or something. And then there was a clock on the wall. And that was my actual clock from my office at work. It was a pink neon clock. For real, it really was. But in my dream, it was there, too. And the neon was half burnt out, the clock face was cracked, and it was stopped. So it wasn't working. And so what I came to realize was that I was burnt out just like my clock. Time was up because my clock had stopped. And I had been robbed of so much of the sweetness of my life, my self-expression, and my ability to get things done, whatever, It was not a good fit for me anymore. I learned a lot, but it was time to move on. And so that's what I mean by puns, because it was time to go. So I saw a clock. And that's how you want to look. Sometimes you will get symbols like that, or the information will come to you in that pun-like fashion. So you have to be able to figure out what could that mean, being open to those puns and the symbols will really help you get a good understanding of what spirit or your higher self is trying to tell you, or maybe even your own subconscious mind. The seventh tool for developing your intuition is journaling. I am a huge fan of journaling. Not that you have to write down every thought, but when you're starting to practice and develop your intuition, you want to write down what you get. If you keep a record of the questions you asked, the answers you got, and then what happened as a result, 
you'll have a beautiful running record of how good your intuition is. It's very comforting and it brings a lot of confidence to see what your results are. Keeping track of that by journaling it will make a huge difference in your ability to see how you're doing, see your improvement, and understand how successful you are at getting really good, accurate answers for yourself when you need them. When you write it all down, it becomes real, and you'll be able to judge your own accuracy, and this has its own rewards. And the last one is follow-through, because when you're developing your intuition, you want to act on what you hear so that you can find out your results. That's what following through really means. So here's an example. I was on a date with this guy, and I, th I think it was my fourth date with him, and he had, he was a contractor, and he was divorced and had built an in-law apartment onto his mother's house, and that's where he was living. I walked into the house with him, and his mother saw me, and she said, who is this? But in my head, I heard her say something different. I heard her say, which woman is this? Now, he didn't tell me he was dating other women, and this was a long time ago, and I didn't know better. But that's what I heard, and I ignored it. Then we went for a walk in the park before he took me to dinner, and we sat on a bench, and it was so romantic, and the roses were blooming, blah, blah, blah. And he was saying all these nice things about what we could do in the future, and I believed him. And then I heard inside my head, this man does not care for you. And I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? Who is that? And I, I just decided that that was my own fear and not to pay any attention to these intuitive messages I was getting. Well, I have to admit that I did spend the night with him and then that was the last time I saw him because apparently he was just looking for notches on his bedpost and not really interested in any women long term. He was not over his divorce. His wife had cheated on him and so he was in the business of proving his bravado, I guess. I don't know. I was given loud and clear messages that this man was not interested and that he was seeing other women and I ignored it. I ignored it. So this is what I mean by follow through. You want to follow through. Listen to the answers you get and then take advantage of the wisdom and the insight because that's what it's there for. Now you've heard the five ways intuition shows up, the six things that could inhibit your intuition, eight methods for developing your intuition and what will help support you in that process. So we must be ready now to hear some of those quick access methods to get to your intuition, gain some clarity and find out what you need to know. So the first technique is the yes, no method. And it's pretty simple. You have a question that's a yes, no question. And I don't suggest you do really big things in your life with this yes, no technique, but really simple things like, should I take this class online tomorrow night? That would be easy because it's not going to affect your whole life. It's just about a class. Or if you're trying to figure out, should I buy apple pie or blueberry pie to take to my friend's house for dinner? 
these are perfect low-risk questions to use the yes-no technique for. So here's how you do it. Have your question in mind, apple pie, and then imagine the word yes in one hand and no in the other. I usually think of yes in my left hand and no in my right hand because I read from right, I mean from left to right, and so I just started with yes on the left and no on the right. But you can do it either way, it doesn't matter. And then you look at each one individually to see how they look or feel or weigh and notice any texture or color or size. That is what you're looking for. So let's say you say, should I buy the apple pie? And then you get this yes and the letters are pretty or shiny or one of your favorite colors. Or in comparison, the yes is much bigger than the no or the yes is heavier than the no. You'll get to know which way it works. You will have to look at the no as well. Maybe the no letters are skinny or gray or broken up or not as pretty as the yes letters or a number of other things. You know, there's so many things that could come up. So you're comparing the two. You look at each side individually. Is this yes or no? See which one looks more pleasant, more pleasing to you, and then that's your answer. Go with that. It's really, really simple, and it's great for those low-risk questions where you just want a little help. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get decision fatigue, and I just don't want to figure anything out anymore, even if it's apple pie or blueberry pie. It's just nice to let go of it and tell, let the universe tell me what pie to buy. Okay, the next one is called line them up. And this is for when you have a number of different choices. So let's say you have three, four, or five options. What you want to do is close your eyes and put them all in a horizontal row. See all your options. So I'm going to go back to pies. Let's say there was apple pie, blueberry pie, peach cobbler, strawberry rhubarb, and banana cream. I don't know which one I would pick. They're all good. You would just see them all in your mind's eye and then see which one stands out. Sometimes the other choices that aren't right will kind of fade into the background. Sometimes the choice that is right just is more effervescent and sparkling or has a big light shining on it. Sometimes it'll actually move forward in the line to show you that it's separating itself from all the other choices. There's a number of different things that could happen when you line things up. Sometimes you just get this feeling for which one has the most energy. So I know a lot of times when people are looking for jobs, they get lost in how many different things there are, how many different jobs they should apply for. And so this could be a way to look at it where you line up all the job titles and then you see which one has the most energy. If you can't handle applying for them all, then you'll get an energetic response on which one you should focus on using your intuition. So that's another application. Lining them up is a great thing to do when you have a lot of choices and you're just overwhelmed. The next one is open a book. And this works great with a magazine or a book that's not something like a dictionary. You want just an everyday regular book doesn't have big pages. Pictures are okay and that's why a magazine could work too. And what you do is you, in your mind, you ask yourself a question. You know, you say you're asking your subconscious mind or your inner guidance system or your spirit guides, whatever it is, to give you some input on whatever your question is. Let's say your neighbor's dog 
it keeps running into your yard and you want to know if you should talk to them. So you ask that question and then you just crack the book open and look at the page. Look at one page, don't look at the, you know, I know there there's pages that are facing, but just pick your focus if it's the left or right page and read through that page. Something on that page is going to tell you what you need to know. It's going to give you information that will influence your decision and give you some insight or greater clarity into whether or not you should say something. I've used that open a book technique many, many times, and it's amazing. You might just see one word. The whole paragraph might have to do with what you're thinking about. You might see a picture that gives you a clue to your solution. It's good to just kind of free associate when you see it. Sometimes it has that pun-like quality as well. But using a book, which could be any book or magazine, and just opening it up after you ask the question will often give you an answer. It's really pretty amazing. Another one is to visualize a thermometer. <laughs> this is really simplistic. What you're going to do is imagine that there's a thermometer in front of you. And it's like one of those old-fashioned thermometers with the, instead of mercury, it's got like red stuff in it. So right now it's at zero. And above zero is clear right now and below zero is red. So it's neutral and half of the thermometer is red, the bottom half. So you want to visualize, you want to ask your question, you know, should I talk to my neighbor today about the dog? And then you wait to see what the thermometer does. If the thermometer goes up and the red enters into that white area above the zero, then chances are that that's a good thing to do because it's moving on up. But if the thermometer goes down, you know, if the temperature that's registering is below zero, then you'll know that that is not something you want to do today and you might be able to talk to your neighbor another day. It doesn't mean never talk to your neighbor, but you did ask, should I talk to my neighbor today? I think when you figure out your questions, that's really one of the most important aspects is asking the right question. Really think about what you're asking. So when you say, should I talk to my neighbor about my dog, add today or Saturday, whatever day it is that you want. Qualifying it, because if you just say, should I talk to my neighbor, then you don't know what day to do it if it says yes. You don't know when is a good time or whatever. The more you can qualify your question, the better the answers are that you're going to get. The last technique is fishing, and this one really relies on your imagination. Let's say you're trying to decide, um, There's let's say there's this guy online and you can't decide if you want to meet him or not. In your mind, you ask the question, close your eyes, and then we're going to go on a little journey. <laughs> we're going to have you take a walk on the inner plane till you see whatever kind of body of water you want. It could be the ocean, a stream, a pond, a lake. You decide the water where you're going to walk to in your mind and this journey. Pose the question and then get to the water and then right by your side, or maybe you brought it with you, is a fishing pole. Okay, bait the hook, cast the line, and wait for something to bite or wait for something to move that bobber, you know, on the line that shows you something is finally attached to your hook 
or nibbling at something, your bait, and then reel it in and see what you get. So let's say you ask about this guy, should you contact him, and what comes up is one old sneaker that's been underwater for years and it's all deteriorated and really unappealing. That would be no. <laughs> that would be no. Don't bother with that guy. <laughs> but let's say you pulled in some kind of mermaid's treasure, like pearls from an oyster shell, or a beautiful shell, or you caught a lively fish and it's big enough to cook or whatever. Well, that's a positive experience. That's a positive symbol. And so then the answer would be yes. Go ahead and contact that guy or go out on a date with him, whatever. Fishing is really fun. Your mind, your subconscious mind, your creative aspects of yourself, they're amazing. You could get some wonderful, wonderful visuals that will help you get the clarity you need, the answers you want, the solutions you're seeking by taking your fishing pole in your mind's eye and having a little journey and going fishing. I highly recommend that. So there you have it. I've given you lots of quick fixes so you can get those quick answers you need when you really need them most. And then just remember that if you're struggling with emotion and you feel overwhelmed, better to wait till you calm down to try to get answers. Or if you're stuck in a tremendous amount of fear, also better to calm down and wait to do your intuition work. Another thing you could do, of course, is call a friend and have them help you. Sometimes it's wonderful to develop your intuition with a buddy and use that buddy system to egg each other on, get you to continue to practice, to try your intuition on each other. One of the things that can be really great, and this worked for me so well, is to do that work together. You ask one question and both of you focus on it. Let's say you want to know if you should talk to your sister about some situation in your family and you don't know the best thing to do. You and your friend focus on the answer to that question and then you compare notes. What did you get? What did she get? This is a great way to develop your intuition. It's not the quick fix we were talking about, although it could be if the two of you have practiced together for a while, you'll get in sync. I have a friend I've been doing this with for 30 years. It's so remarkable what we do now. Of course, that's a long time, but we were kind of synced up right from the start, and we almost always see the same thing it's pretty rare for us to get different answers. We're just really attuned to each other. And you can build that attunement up pretty quickly. So I encourage you to get a buddy to practice with because it'll make it fun and it will give you the ability to have some kind of credibility because when two people get the same answer, it feels like, oh, maybe that's real versus just you doing it alone. All right, there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about the magic of intuition in a pinch and the quick methods to get the answers you need now. And if you did, please share it with a friend, somebody that you love, so that they can learn about their intuition and enjoy practicing as well. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to like this episode if you enjoyed it. Write a positive review if you feel inspired and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll have more about love and magic next time 
Until then, this is Oceana Fortuna reminding you to share your love and seek magic every day.